Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Active Growth Podcast. Not too long ago, we published on the Active Growth blog our manifesto, the Active Growth Manifesto, which is what we believe in, what we stand for, why we create this website and why we spend time creating content the way we do. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why you should create such a manifesto for yourself and for your business as well. Keep listening to discover the benefits that you get from having such a manifesto, how it can help you gain better focus and create more relevant content and more relevant marketing material just by having a manifesto that is clear to you, but also why you should publish this manifesto, why you should let people and the world in general know exactly what your manifesto is. You'll discover how having a manifesto can help you build a community and gather a tribe around yourself. And importantly, you'll also discover why even if you sell a seemingly boring product or a generic product or a commodity, even if right now you're thinking, yeah, sure, Shane, you can have a manifesto for active growth, but I sell a t-shirt or socks or something like that, I can't have a manifesto. As you'll see, yes, you can and you should. We will also talk about what a manifesto is not and what mistakes you absolutely have to avoid when thinking about and creating your own manifesto. And of course, as we always do, we will give you the practical steps. We will give you our step-by-step approach, our formula for how you can come up with your very own manifesto. So all that and more is coming up right now on the Active Growth Podcast. For the show notes, which contain a transcript of this episode, links to any resources that we mentioned during the episode, and where you can also sign up to get push notifications and or get on the mailing list, which includes access to free courses on the site, go to activegrowth.com forward slash 20. So that is activegrowth.com forward slash 20 to get the show notes and all the bonus stuff. For this episode. I'm Shane Malach. And I'm Hannah Vudavak. And let's start by quickly summarizing the Active Growth Manifesto. There are three main points in this. The first is that if you want to make money, you've got to create and sell something, a product, a service, or something like that. And kind of a part of this point in the manifesto is that is that we have the attitude of screw passive income, right? Don't chase passive income opportunities. Don't try to find ways to kind of avoid work and still make money. Instead, just, you know, create a good thing and sell that thing. That is the the basis of a good online business. So that's point number one. If you want to make money, you've got to create something. Number two, to grow your business, you need to develop and grow your personal skills and mindset, which actually is based on a similar idea it's we're not talking about shortcuts we're not talking about the latest hack or you can use some automation tool to get followers on some social media platform and then somehow turn that into money it's like no listen develop your personal skills and your mindset become a focused person become a highly skilled entrepreneur that is how you build a successful business so that's point number two in the manifesto develop your own skills and mindset point number three in the manifesto is own your platform and own your brand. 
And a great read on this, and we'll link to that in the show notes, is a post that is titled Instagram Created a Monster. It's actually kind of a spin-off off of a post titled Instagram Created a Monster, where we talk about why every popular social platform and every every kind of popular platform, the same is true, for, for example, for Amazon FBA and self-publishing and things like that. Whenever one of these opportunities arise on a third-party platform, you'll see that the market immediately gets flooded. And what very early on might be a good opportunity to make some money pretty quickly gets taken away from you. And if you start building, you start building your business on this third-party platform, you'll find that it gets flooded with competitors. The opportunity gets less and less. You have to put in more and more work to get the same result. And you don't own your own business. And you find yourself then in a position where you wish you would have built your own audience on your own website, because then you'd have an asset you control. So that's the third point in the manifesto is basically do that from the start, right? Build your own website, your own platform, own your brand and own the right to interact with your audience. And don't rely on third party tools as the, as the basis of your business. So those are the three components that I believe make a successful business. Those are three core ideas that have helped me building my businesses to the point that I have and, and helped me have the success that I've had. And that's what I've translated into this manifesto, into this kind of public statement of what we believe in and what we talk about on the Active Growth website. I think of this as that these three components are the craft, the brains and the tech. It's the craft of creating and selling good products. It's the brains, your mindset, your skills, your productivity, and it's the tech, the tools and tech you use to build your own brand. So that's the example. And we're talking about creating such a manifesto because I think that almost no matter what your business is, you should create such a manifesto for yourself, but also for the public, like you should declare this manifesto, you should publish this manifesto and tell your audience about it. And there are several reasons for that. So let's talk about that first. Let's get into why you should create such a manifesto and what benefits you'll get from it. The first benefit you get from having your own manifesto is that it gives you focus. Now, most entrepreneurs I find are kind of hyper interested people, or maybe they're just like hyper in general, right? They, they have too many ideas, too many things that they want to pursue, and they usually have a short attention span as well, right? So I guess you've experienced this as well, talking to entrepreneurs, right? I was going to say ADD is a requirement for being an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like that sometimes, yeah. And so if you're listening to this, I'm sure you, you can agree with that, right? I'm sure you've ha you probably have ideas buzzing in your head about, oh, I could do this, I could do that. Here's a business idea. Here's an opportunity. You probably also come across, you know, you come across things that spark an idea where you're like, oh, I could do this. It's, it's a way of thinking. Yeah. You, you kind of have to train yourself to a certain degree to find opportunities like that, right? You have to get to the point where you see opportunities in a marketplace. But then once you have that skill, you, you can think of these opportunities and you, they jump out at you much more frequently than you can do anything about it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's really one of those things. Once you have that skill, like you said, once you develop that skills of seeing market opportunities, of seeing where there is a hole in the market, where you could improve upon, it's, it's just almost constant. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to switch it off. Yeah. And then the other variation of this is that you then start 
kind of talking your friends into, oh, you know, you should start a business here. <laughs> I don't know if you have you done that at all. I, I, I don't know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> I think you remember my <laughs> my Slack message from three days ago. <laughs> I think it was about uh, medicinal um, mushrooms, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very related to what we usually do, of course. Ve very related to Thrive Teams, of course, <laughs> and very related to software and, and WordPress plugins. But yeah, I read this article and I was like, oh, yeah, this is a real opportunity. This is a growing market. Let's do yeah. this. <laughs> Exactly. And and I think that's that's one of the outlets. It then becomes like you start to notice like, oh, I, I can't I clearly can't do this, but I want to I want someone to take this opportunity. So you start exactly. telling other people about it. <laughs> I think I might just have talked my sister into starting a business, <laughs> but she'll be happy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. They they should listen to us. All these people exactly. should listen to us. Our ideas are good. <laughs> And so this, okay, this is a very typical entrepreneurial trait, right? And, and the manifesto helps you keep on track. So it advertises to yourself, these are the most important things. These are the things I need to cover first before I go off track into all these other things, right? And to be clear, I suffer from this as well, right? And if you look at the history of posts on, on active growth, you can see that at times it was all over the place, right? Because I was basically jumping between things. I actually wanted to ask you that question. If now that you wrote it out and that you are super clear on these three components, like did this actually help you decide on what to publish or where to focus on? Yes, for sure. This is this has been really helpful for me actually uh, to to really think about. I also have categorized the website along those three topics and to think about you know what are the basics I need to cover in each of these topics and how. How do the things I think about, how do the things I want to talk about or want to publish content about, how do they relate to this mission that is stated in the manifesto? This has been extremely helpful for me. And one of the things you'll notice is that ever since the Active Growth rebranding, if you look at the content that has been published since, first of all, there has been more of it. So before that, there was quite a long time where I didn't publish a lot. And so ever since the rebranding, there's been more of it. And you'll see that it's much more on track. You'll see that the, you know, the topics covered, for example, I did basically a whole series of content on productivity and mindset, uh, you know, kind of the mindset of shipping. And I stayed on message with that and kind of, you know, managed to create some content and then see the comments that came in and then create more content to address the questions I got and so on. So I think you can see from the content on the on the site that I've been much more on track ever since the rebrand and the rebrand is the point where I started thinking about this manifesto. And I think that so for you, this is really helpful as the one writing the manifesto, but for everybody on the team, like if you're not alone in your business, basically, and you have other people who are coming on, even even guests people who guest post on your website or whatever, it helps for them to focus and to see, oh, does this actually fit within the lines of this business? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. If you work with other people, that can really help to make sure that everybody gets the same message, because it's one of those things we have talked about, you know, the curse of knowledge. It's one of those things where I, of course, know <laughs> what my business is about and what content we should publish. But I can't just assume that people on my team will know the same thing automatically without me telling them. And the manifesto is a way of me telling them. But this also brings us to the next 
benefit in terms of so we've talked about focus for yourself and focus for your team and kind of communicating your message to your team well the next you know the next way this expands outwards is essentially it helps with community building because it helps bring your message out to your audience and your potential audience so a manifesto gets at the character of what you do right it gets at the substance at the core it's more than just the surface level stuff you provide. So whatever it is that you provide, right? There's the surface level, there's the, the benefit that your audience gets from reading your content, using your product, using your service and so on. But the manifesto gets at something that is deeper than that. And this is quite important because, well, first of all, people buy from people. That is something to keep in mind, right? Generally, people buy things from people. We, we still have that kind of tribal instinct and, and you can tell that whenever you come across kind of a really generic, a generic brand that you don't know, right? So a, it's kind of a generic website from a brand you have no association with. It feels like there's no person behind that and that makes you mistrust it. And you'll find that branding, even big business branding is often about infusing some kind of personality and character into the brand so that you can relate to it. Because we still have that thing where basically we are used to kind of, you know, going to a market and being able to see someone in the eyes and squeeze their hand when we make a deal, right? We, we were used to buying from another person. And this is, this is what we're looking for. So we're looking for something that is more than just the benefit. The benefit is important, don't get me wrong, but this goes a level deeper. And the manifesto is something that can infuse what you do with this character. Seth Godin wrote a book called Tribes about the importance of kind of building this tribe. And this also has to do with character, right? With, with something that goes beyond the surface level. Having a manifesto is declaring this character and it helps you find your tribe, or rather it helps your tribe find you, right? They will find you and they will stick with you via the things that you believe in. So here's an example of what I mean, of how this can make a difference. There's a company called Clean Canteen that's written with two Ks, Clean Canteen. And what they sell are canteens. They sell thermos containers and, and like stainless steel bottles. And the idea is that you can take this with you. The typical example would be on a hike, right? You take your, your water or, or some tea or coffee or something with you. But also, I think quite often this would be used, you know, you take it to work, right? You bring your coffee to work or something like that. Now, you can get such a thing everywhere. And you can easily get a water bottle, a glass bottle, a plastic bottle, a thermos. You can get that anywhere, right? But the Clean Canteen product is about more than just carrying around liquid. So they have this whole message about it's ethically produced, it's environmentally friendly, it's meant as a really long lasting alternative to plastic bottles. The idea is that you get one of these and you never throw away a plastic bottle again. It's also a family owned business. It's not some giant corporation and they also do a lot of stuff. They support good causes, right? So they have this whole mission and vibe about basically doing the right thing being ethical and environmentally friendly. And for me, for, for the kind of person that I am, right? So I belong into this tribe essentially. So I can get a water bottle or a thermos anywhere and I'm sure I can get it much more cheaply in many places, but I will get a clean canteen instead because of what they stand for. 
One of the reasons I like this example is it's because such an everyday and kind of mundane product, right? It's, I mean, it's a thing for carrying liquid around in. And you could easily say, well, this doesn't work for our product, right? And what you're saying about having character in your business and so on and so forth, that's all good for you, but it doesn't work for me because all I do is I sell these canteens. Well, here you go. It, I think this could really work for any product. I think one of the huge advantages here about this this whole community, about this tribe building, about being clear on yeah on your manifesto for your business, is that you give your customers or your readers or your your tribe basically the opportunity to spread your message, because you have a very clear distinct message. Because like you said, you want to buy or, or have a clean canteen. And when somebody asks you about this brand, you will be able to talk about their manifesto, basically, because you know what they stand for. And, and you can spread that message to the people who are might also be interested then and become part of their tribe. Yeah, and this is where it can make a huge difference to the impact you can have and the reach you can have. This also goes into conspicuous consumption, which is which has become such an important thing in our culture, right? In the culture of, of constant selfies and social media updates. So just to, to clarify the term, conspicuous consumption is about consuming things while having in mind that other people will see me consume those things. And in fact, what we very commonly do now, or what people very commonly do now in our, let's say, social media-fueled culture, is that they will broadcast what they consume, Right? They will broadcast, or at least they will broadcast the things that they want other people to know. So, oh, look at me having a super healthy breakfast, right? It's like that's conspicuous consumption. I'm not just having breakfast. I'm making sure that everybody knows that I'm such a health conscious person having a healthy breakfast, right? So, and, and that's, you know, this also goes into that, what you just said. There's basically a social benefit to me saying, look at me and my you know, ethically produced, environmentally friendly, clean canteen. Like I can basically get in this tribe of people who care about this kind of thing. I can basically get like social brownie points <laughs> for letting them know about this. And of course, it's free advertising for the business. And talking about social, like this doesn't only have to be for products. I mean, you can be uh, very proud about what type of blog you are reading or what type of online course you are following i mean it doesn't have to be a physical product that you can take a selfie with you can still share certain content rather than other to get those social brownie points exactly yeah. with this we start to get at another point which is how having a manifesto like this gives you a unique selling point or it helps you differentiate yourself from the market now we've talked about this before quite extensively in the in the last series on how to create your offer. And we also talked about it in the context of how to create your product in the first place, right? Of course, having an idea of how will my product be different from what else is on offer is, is super important. And having a manifesto, having this character in your business can really help with that. But this isn't the same thing. This isn't the same thing as creating an offer or, or finding a unique selling point for your business. And that's a very important distinction to make because when you, you know, when you sit down to write a landing page or to write copy for a sales page, there it's basically all about marketing. You want to find out how do I formulate this offer? How do I have a strong, unique selling point that will make people buy this thing, right? There's basically how do I maximize conversions? 
with your manifesto, that is not the primary concern, or at least that's not how I uh, would recommend doing it. You're not trying to find some kind of a message that pushes people's buttons. You're trying to find an intersection between your actual values, your actual beliefs and what you want to stand for and your business. So the way you create your products, the way you run your business is defined and guided by your manifesto. And that is defined and guided by your personal values and not necessarily the other way around, right? It's, it's only when we get, let's say to the front lines of selling stuff, like I said, when you actually write a sales page, then it can be the other way around. Then you can be like, okay, now let's find the exact words that'll get the highest conversion rate. But developing your manifesto that the, having a unique selling point is kind of a, a beneficial side effect of that, but it shouldn't be done with that in mind. Now, there is one very important thing to understand about a manifesto, and that is what it's not. So a manifesto is not a business plan. It's not something that you write out in the beginning of the year about what you will and will not accomplish that year. And I like to make the, the comparison with goal setting at the beginning of the year. And you can either choose to decide what type of year you want to have, or you can set smart goals. And the thing is, both can be useful. You're not hearing me say that a business plan cannot be useful for your business. But that's not what a manifesto is about. So this whole idea about a manifesto is it is a lighthouse that will guide you in every decision that you make about your business. And even the decisions that you haven't thought about yet, the things that you haven't come up with yet, maybe tomorrow someone will ask you to be on television about your business and you don't know, you cannot factor that into your business plan. But having this manifesto will help you decide whether or not the program that you are asked for is in line with your values and so whether or not you're going to take that opportunity or not. So there's a really big difference between writing out your goals like, oh, I will create three products and will earn like 100k this year or, or writing out that manifesto. Because even though the manifesto might give you the, the guidelines, basically, to say like, oh, I, I should probably create this type of product or this type of product because it is in line with my values. It's not the specifics that you are writing out. Yeah, so you could say that the, the manifesto is about how you choose to do things in general and what you believe in. Whereas something like your smart goals and your business plan are, are about the specific things you'll actually do. Exactly. And it's the difference between saying that, well, the second part of the manifesto is build your skills or saying, oh, I'm only going to talk about meditation on the blog. Because when, when you say like skill building, it's, it's so much larger. And at that point, you can, you have much more wiggle room, right? You, you can still decide whether or not a certain topic goes into this idea of skill building. Another way to think of this is it's like the difference between character and action. Right? The character is often what defines your actions, but they're not interchangeable. Your actions are not your character and your character isn't your actions. So the manifesto is the character of your business. And we'll get to how that translates into the actions and the things that your business does in the next bit. And your manifesto is not something that you will redo every three months. 
Whereas if you set goals, you can be like, oh, that goal, not important anymore. I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to change completely. Whereas a manifesto, it will evolve over time, of course. But if you take the time to follow the steps that we will set out in the next part, you will have a manifesto that's in line with your values. And probably, most likely, if you don't have a near-dead experience or something, um, your, your values are not going to change from one day to the other. So your this manifesto is not going to make a, a, a 90 degree switch from one day to the other. Whereas goals, you can just decide like, oh, that product, not doing it anymore. I'm going to do something completely different with my business. For a related post on this topic, if you're interested in, in kind of exploring this, this difference that we're talking about here from a different angle, I will link in the show notes to a post that I called It's Time to Quit which was from another podcast a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So this wasn't on the Active Growth podcast, but it is on the blog. Uh, so there's a post about basically how how do you decide whether you, you give up on something like a, a product idea or something like that, uh, which also goes into the difference we've been talking about here. So link to that is in the show notes. So now let's, as we always do on the Active Growth Podcast, let's get into the practical steps. Let's get into how do you actually do this? If we have won you over, which I hope at this point you're like, okay, I'm ready. Let's build a manifesto or maybe you already have one, but you feel it could be stronger. What are the steps to take to get your own manifesto? All right. Step number one is, of course, you have to know what you personally believe in and what your values are. And if you're not running your business on your own, if you have business partners, then you need to have a discussion about this. In fact, you probably need to have many discussions about this to find out what your shared values are and what you all believe in and what you all want to project into the business. Now, in case you're not sure about what your own values are, first of all, don't feel bad about that. I've had many discussions about this recently. Actually, it's something that's come up a lot recently. And I found that most people are a bit stumped when it comes to what are my values? What do I actually believe in? What's important to me? Somewhat by accident, I have come up with a way, with an exercise that I think helps most people find their values very quickly. And I'm going to tell you this, uh, this exercise right now. So this is something you can do right now. You would need maybe 20 minutes to 30 minutes to either write down your thoughts or you know, like hit the record button on the recording app on your phone and just speak your thoughts out loud. So to find your values, do this. Imagine that you meet someone, you meet someone of the opposite sex. And if you're single, you can imagine that you meet them on a date. And if you're not, you're just meeting maybe a new colleague or someone, someone of the opposite sex. And you have a, you know, maybe you go for dinner with them and you get to know them and you get along really well. And as the evening unfolds, you realize it dawns on you that this person you're talking to is superior to you in every way. Okay, this person is superior to you in every way. The exercise is to describe this person. Now, I'm going to explain this. I'm going to explain why this exercise works in a bit. But if you haven't done it yet and you want to get the most benefit out of it, I recommend that you do this right now. So pause the podcast and do write out basically everything you can think of about who is this person. Or like I said, record an audio of talking about who is this person. 
what's this person like? So again, I'm going to explain the details, but pause now, do this now if you want to get the most out of it. All right, I'll tell you why this exercise is defined the way it is. It's pretty simple. There's two components to it. The first is that you imagine someone of the opposite sex, and that is simply to avoid self-projection. It's to avoid thinking about this person who's superior to you in every way as simply maybe a slightly older version of yourself or an idealized version of yourself. That is simply a device to help you think of it as a different person. And then the idea that this person is superior to you in every way, I simply state that and then ask you to describe the person. And it's very interesting because I've done this in person with many people now, and everybody's answers are totally different, especially the first few things that come to mind. The first few things that come to mind when you think about someone who's superior to you are incredibly different among different people. And the interesting thing about this is that this list of traits or the description, if you just, if you look at your description of this person, everything that you describe, basically everything that you pull out to describe are things that matter to you. Those are reflections of your values, right? Because some people will think of, like, think about all the different things you can possibly say about another person. There are millions of things you can say about another person, but you will, you will pick out a few things that matter to you. So as an example, if you say, oh, this person is extraordinarily disciplined and calm, then, well, why did you say that? Why did you say that that's the trait of a person who is superior to you? Well, it's clearly something that matters to you, right? Having discipline and being calm and controlled is something that matters to you. So some people will not say anything like that, right? I was just going to say, that's for sure not the first thing that will come to mind. <laughs> right. So so what was one of the first things that come to mind for you? Yeah, I think my first thing would be like successful in business. Right. Yeah. Some Somebody who's like, when I successful in life, but what I mean with that is like, yeah, having an awesome job while having an awesome social life, I guess. Right. That's, that's interesting, right? So, and, <laughs> and as you'll see, and who, you know, if you're listening to this and you did the same exercise, or even if you didn't do the exercise, I bet something popped into your head when I told you this person is superior to you in every way, right? Something came to mind. And I bet it's neither of those things that we just said, right? So, and that's how the way you describe another person reflects the things that are important to you. One thing that can sneak in is that it can also reflect weaknesses that you're kind of ashamed of. So in my example of, you know, maybe you say that this person is calm. Maybe you say that because being calm is a value for you, but maybe you say that because you have a very uh, heated temper and you kind of feel ashamed of that. You want to fix that, right? I guess if you start out saying that um, this person is 20 kilos uh, thinner than you and in good shape like that probably reflects a lot on on your own image on your own self-image for sure yeah but in at any rate this is is a good starting point right so whatever your description of that person is that's a starting point and what you can do next is you can basically pull out these these traits that you've described and put them in a list put them in a list of basically these are my values now, I recommend using Trello for this. I uh, will put a little bonus video in the 
show notes just to show you how to do this because Trello is great for making a list that you can easily sort by dragging and dropping. So you basically make a list in Trello of the different traits that you have described or if you're listening to this and you already know what your personal values are, you just basically you start here, right? You make a list of your personal values and then you sort that list from the things that are most related to your business or most relatable to your business to the things that are least relatable to your business. So, you know, for example, um, if let's say one of my values, one of the things that's important to me in life is to be, uh, you know, to be healthy, to take care of my body and to eat healthy organic food. Well, how related is that to my business of teaching people how to build an online business? Not very. That's pretty far down the list, right? <laughs> so, so that's what I mean by how you sort the list by how related something is or how related you can make it to what your business does. Another book that I recommend reading if you're interested in this topic and if you want to figure out what your real core values are is The Desire Map by Daniel Laporte. I read the book a couple of years ago and it changed my whole way of thinking about um, personal goal setting and um, figuring out what you want your life to look like, I guess. And this is a very good read because it helps you figure out these values and then relate it to either your personal life of, or your, um, yeah, your business or your professional life. So I think that can really, really help. And one other thing that I like to do is um, figure out companies that you really enjoy, that you really like, that you look up to, and try to find if they have something written out, if they have a manifesto written out, if they have uh, their, their values somewhere on their website. Because this is also, if you're not super strong with words, this can really, sometimes you can find one specific word that really hits home and you can just feel it the moment that you read it. When, when when you read it, it's like, yes, this is something that me too, I want to have in my business. Then the next step is to know your competition. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this step simply because we've already talked about many different ways in which to do competition research. So if you've been following the Active Growth podcast, then you already know basically our methods for doing this. Because of course, when creating your business, it's super important to know who your competitors are and what they're doing. And in case you haven't listened to the previous episodes, just as a quick note, the Active Growth Podcast, the series of content we do are evergreen. So if you go back and, you know, this isn't a news show. If you go back and listen to episode one in the first series, that is as useful now as when we first recorded it. And you can get the most out of this podcast by listening to the series, the podcast episodes that are part of series, by listening to them in sequence. So if you haven't done so yet and you want to know more about uh, the competition research bit and basically more practical steps here, just go back to the previous series and listen through those. So for the purpose of creating your manifesto, here's what's important to know regarding the competition. First of all, you need to know what the mainstream is in your market. And usually the mainstream in a market is something that basically advertises and appeals to the lowest common denominator and is quite uninspiring, right? So the kind of thing I mean is that the biggest, you know, health and lifestyle websites that get the most traffic and stuff, they will just have blog posts like 
15 tips to quickly burn belly fat, basically five times a day, right? That kind of appeals to the masses, very simple, easy to consume, probably nonsense kind of content. And it's important to know that because one of the things you can do with your manifesto is differentiate yourself against that mainstream. But you're not going to be the only one doing that. So another thing is to know about who are the players who are actively differentiating themselves against this mainstream already and in what way are they doing it. And one of the reasons I think it's important to be aware of this is that personally, at least, I want to make sure that my manifesto doesn't accidentally parrot someone else's, right? I don't want to have the exact same kind of idea as someone else. So even with the with what you just said, Hannah, right, it's great to have examples of businesses where you're like, this is the kind of thing I want to do. But what you should avoid is to, to be a copycat, which is also something we talked about in, in a previous episode, right? You don't want to be like, oh, I'm just going to do this exact thing. So you want to have like the inspiration, you want to know where you sit in the market, but you don't want to be a copycat. And I think one of the easiest ways to do that is when I was saying, look at companies that you admire, like it's, it's probably not your competition. Yeah. You might admire whatever Apple as a business and look at what they write as a manifesto, which has nothing to do with your fitness business, right? Um, so of course, never, never copy. <laughs> that's, that's never a good idea because you, you'll always be one step behind of the original. So, yeah. And I think that's also a good point that it's probably best if you really don't restrict yourself when you're looking for businesses that you admire really don't restrict yourself to your own market at all really look at you know whatever businesses that you've already whatever products maybe you've already bought business that you're already in business with and find the ones that inspire you because since the the character and the manifesto part is on a deeper level than the surface level like we talked about it can translate from from totally different markets right Exactly. And I think when, so you've been talking about this mainstream thing, right? And I think one of the other's examples is when people have like those hypey words where it's like, oh, we strive for excellence. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so who would write down that they don't strive for excellence, right? So that will also be important where it's don't just pick empty, empty words and, and, those good sounding words that everybody is using thinking about a business because of course everybody can be like yeah we're uh, striving for excellence we love our customers or whatever if if then behind it you don't have like super excellent customer support like like Zappos is known for for example and that's probably not one of your values like don't just put stuff in there because it sounds good yeah. And there's also some stuff that's just, it's basic requirement, right? It's like, we care about our customers. Well, yeah, you have to, like, you have to care about your customers to be in business. Uh, you know, it's basic requirement. So don't, unless, like you said, unless there's really something extraordinary in which you can prove that you go further than other people in caring about your customers, then it's not really worth advertising that. All right. Step three in developing your own manifesto is out of the list you have now and out of the idea you have of what the competition is up to pick between one and three values from your list right pick between one and three values that you think these are the most important ones these are the ones i want my business to reflect now 
An important thing here is that your business will not and should not reflect every single value you have and your or more importantly your manifesto will not and should not reflect every single value you have. So there are many things, many personal values I have that are reflected in what I do in active growth and in thrive themes that are, that aren't part of the manifesto. The manifesto doesn't try to be complete. It doesn't try to cover everything because then it just becomes too much and too messy. Note that my manifesto is broken down into three points. Well, you better believe that there are more than three things I personally believe in, right? Like I have more than three personal values and more of those personal values flow into what I do, but I pick three because, well, that's a good number. <laughs> it's a pretty good number, but also because I want to limit myself to this because I want to make it easy to understand, easy to remember and easy to organize a brand around. So that's an important thing, right? You limit yourself and one is fine. If you just have like the one thing, this is the one thing we do, that's fine. And I wouldn't go more than three. Now what you do, this is really important, is write down how those values are connected to actions you take in the context of your business and things you do or don't do or features that you have or don't have in your products. So this is really important. You have to translate these values into what does this mean specifically for my business? So like you were just saying, Hannah, otherwise we end up with these generic empty benefits, right? Oh, we believe in excellence. We care for our customers, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, what does that mean? What do you do, right? So this is a really important step. You don't want to have just the, the fluffy, here are our values thing. You want to translate that into what does it mean? Now, if you look at the active growth manifesto as an example, you'll see that I don't actually state specific values. I talk about what we do. I talk about the, the result of those values. For example, an underlying value is that I believe in doing the hard work. I believe in doing the work that others don't do. I believe in kind of running up to those obstacles that come up and knowing that most people will fail at this obstacle. And that's why I keep going. And I believe in going against the flow. I believe in not following the herd and instead of looking at, you know, the herd is going this way. How can I go the other way and do better? But this is not reflected directly in the active growth manifesto. Instead, what is in the active growth manifesto is create your own product, build your own platform, do video marketing. Those are specific examples of things that I do as a result of those values and that I recommend you do as well, right? So I talk about the result of the value, not the value itself. Another example is I believe in character ethic. I believe in, you know, basically being guided by character rather than results. I believe in creating quality and adding real value to the world. This is again, not in the manifesto at all. Instead, what's in the manifesto is develop your skills and mindset and create and sell good products. So this is how I'd like you to try and generate actions, try and generate things you do differently or things your product does differently from your values so that you end up with a manifesto that either doesn't mention your values at all or only mentions them briefly. The emphasis of a good manifesto, in my opinion, is on the actions, on the behavior, on the features that differentiate. 
Now we've been talking about focus and I think at this point in the exercise you might notice that you lost your focus at some point. If you are already in business and you've been maybe creating product, maybe you've already published a content and so on and you look at these values and you look at what you really want to stand for, you might notice that that one video that you did because it was hypey at that point uh, or it was... Um, yeah, maybe some topic that you thought was related to something. Uh, and then you, you look at your values and you're like, well, actually, no, it wasn't. So at that point, you might even have to refocus what you already did. And, and you might decide to unpublish certain content that you, that you created before to make sure that everything becomes aligned with this manifesto that you're writing now. Yeah, and that's I think that's a great experience. Like, don't be ashamed or feel bad about it if you notice that, oh my God, I did stuff in the past that's actually not in line with my values at all. That is a totally normal thing to do. And I think it's it's a good thing to arrive at this insight, right? So don't feel bad about that at all. Basically, everybody who does this exercise will have this experience. And the more things you've done in the past, the more action you've taken, the more of it you'll find, you know, the more examples you'll find of stuff that isn't in line with what you really believe in. So that's totally fine. You can go even further, right? You could even use it as an opportunity to show your focus has switched. So you could even say, like, use it as content being like, hey, I know this is something that... Uh, this course is something that I created two years ago. It's still making money, but it's not in line anymore with the the, the direction of the business. So I'm going to stop selling it. I think that can, again, make your tribe feel part of something bigger. And it can actually be a very good thing. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful if you, if you have a message like that. On this note, I want to say, by the way, about active growth. If I did this now, then I would also remove a lot of content from active growth, but I don't. And I've always had a policy of never removing any old content from the site for one simple reason. I want you to be able to go back if you are so inclined. I want you to be able to go back through the archives of the post on active growth to see how far I've come and to see how cringeworthy some of my old stuff is. In fact, we might do a piece of content on kind of a tour through some of the cringeworthy stuff I've published over the years. There is a lot of stuff on that website that is not in line with my values. That is, and you, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of evidence on this website of how I've been all over the place, how I've had, I, I've done things that, yeah, now I wouldn't do anymore, how I've changed focus again and again, I've pivoted again and again and so on. And the only reason I leave it like that is specifically because I want people to be able to see this, right? I want people to be able to go back and see, oh my God, the stuff that he did a few years ago, I could do better than that, <laughs> right? So that's the reason I leave it untouched. All right, then the final point for your manifesto is that it will develop over time, but it probably will develop slowly. And as with everything we talk about, don't try to make it perfect. It's not going to be perfect. If you're going to do this, give yourself a time limit of two or three hours to do this and, you know, come up with whatever you can come up with in two to three hours and then publish that, right? Declare that imperfect manifesto and start taking action on it. 
and be patient with it, right? Be patient with it and be prepared to reflect on it and update it in maybe six months, in maybe one year, when you've gained some perspective after taking action on it. But as with everything, we always advocate, you know, don't sit on this for months on end. If you look at the Active Growth Manifesto, right now it is a video that I recorded where it's basically, I just set up a camera in front of myself and I recorded it as if I was having a conversation with someone explaining, you know, what this site stands for. And it's not very, it's not a very polished thing. And that was also on purpose. You know, I came up with this and I thought, you know what, I, I want to publish this. I don't want to make this perfect. I want to publish this as it is now. It's not the most polished video. It's not a, an amazingly polished presentation or anything. And it's very likely that I will update this at some point in the future. And, you know, it'll be a bit refined. Some things might have been tweaked. I'll change the way and, and improve the way I communicate this manifesto. But that's fine. You know, it's fine. It's going to be different and or it's going to be slightly different and it's going to be better communicated in the future. And that's fine. But for now, it's just what it is and it's worth publishing. And as you'll see, the post has, you know, it resonated well with people. It got a lot of, got a lot of shares, got a lot of um, comments. So it was worth publishing that in its imperfect state. Now here we're talking about publishing this manifesto, but of course you will, you will use this actively in your business, not just something that, that you publish and then forget about. So as we said, it's something that will guide your decisions, but it's also something that you will use over and over again and, and take the opportunity to make sure that everybody who is in contact with your business knows about this. And if you go to the active growth homepage, for example, you will see that right there on the homepage, the three pillars are presented. So it's not in a manifesto state. It's not, it's not a full uh, explanation of everything, but it does represent the, the, the core values of the business. And, and that's where it becomes really powerful, not just writing this out, not just publishing it once, but then starting to use it actively in your business. Yeah, I think, by the way, this is also something that, you know, we talked about it before. It has made my content more focused, but also I think it's made the homepage better. I think this is the best version of the homepage we've had in terms of communicating what this website is about and why it might be worth paying attention to. I mean, if you come here and design-wise, this homepage isn't great. You know, no, no designer has touched this in years. <laughs> but, but in terms of the message, right, if you come here and if you spend like about 90 seconds reading, you will have a very good idea of what to expect for this website. And I think you'll have a very good idea of how this is going to be different from your typical online marketing blog. So in that sense, I think it, it's also helped me you know, really clarify this message. People will be able to read this and, and immediately decide whether or not this resonates with them and if this website is worth their time, basically. Exactly. All right, so there is your homework for what to do next to develop your own manifesto. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think of this. And if you have any other questions or if you get stuck on anything trying to develop your own manifesto, please let me know about it. You can do so by going to the show notes of this episode, that is activegrowth.com forward slash 20, where you can leave a comment, you can ask any questions, you can pitch us a summary, an elevator pitch, 
of your manifesto to get feedback from us. You can also leave an audio message. So whether you're on your phone or on a computer, you can basically just hit a button to record a message in audio form or leave a written comment. So all that is on activegrowth.com forward slash 20. Now, in our next episode, let me announce this because we recently did a live stream and we also recently did a headline writing challenge for which we got a bunch of results. And well, what happened is that we noticed we need to talk about copywriting. This is a linchpin skill for entrepreneurs. And right now, the situation is that your copywriting is not very good. And yes, I'm just assuming that, you know, I think it applies to like 90% of the people listening to this. So just going to call it out and say, your copywriting is bad. We got to do something about that. And the next episode is exactly about that. The next episode is an intervention with the fastest way for you to improve your copywriting and get all the massive benefits that follow from being able to write good copy. So definitely stay tuned for the next episode to make sure you don't miss out on it. Make sure you subscribe to the Active Growth Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or CastBox or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. And also we always email out about them. So if you go to the show notes of this episode, you can also sign up to the newsletter or you can sign up for push notifications to make sure you don't miss any episodes. And that is all for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and if you find value in what we do here, and also if you appreciate that this is an ad-free kind of program, so we're not trying to push mattresses or whatever, underwear, whatever everyone seems to be selling on podcasts. This is all just content. If you appreciate that, do you know someone who could benefit from this? Do you have any friends or any contacts where you think maybe if they listen to the Active Growth Podcast, it would help them out? Well, we would really appreciate it if you sent them a link to this episode or to the podcast in general. Recommend us to your friends. That is one of the best ways you can help us out. And of course, I super appreciate everyone who helps us spread the word about this podcast. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next one.